It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are having conversations about important events out there. We've got a great show planned for you today. In studio with me is my good friend, Helen Raleigh. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kim. My guest chick. And we're going to talk about, I wanted to talk about this piece that you had done recently. <laughs> now, I never watched Game of Thrones, uh-huh. but uh, you have had written a piece in The Federalist. Game of Thrones reminds us that the road to utopia is paved with blood and ashes. But before we do that, I had not seen your latest piece in The Federalist, and that is why the man who stood before Tang's in Tiananmen Square was a hero. And today, you said, is the 30th anniversary. I thought it was last week, so I was confused. Okay. Well, so, so because this event took place 30 years ago, uh, today was the anniversary of the crackdown. That's okay. when the blood and spill on the Tiananmen, uh, in the Tiananmen Square. Uh, the student protest started in April, uh, in back in eight, 1989. Okay. So it lasted for quite a while. But uh, today, 30 years ago, was the day that the government sent the troops to the square to uh, shoot indiscriminately into the cr- uh, peaceful crowd. And that's when the okay. bloodshed happened. And you grew up in China, so this is really... Yes. Close to you. Yeah, this is a, basically a national wound. And um, I actually have two pieces out today. I also have a piece out um, uh, at the National Review today. That's That one is more talk about the legacy of uh, Tiananmen Square, the 30-year anniversary. Because since then, the government not only cracked down on the peaceful protesters, uh, the government has tried, Chinese government has tried very hard to suppress any mentioning of the event, any memory of the event, to suppress uh, activists and people from... <clears throat> commemorating it mm-hmm. so basically try the very hard to erase the memory from the history wow and that we're, we're doing that in america now too tearing down statues and all kinds of things exactly <clears throat> and the danger of that is that you have new generations of chinese grow up 30 they years don't know from about now they, they did not even know this ever happened oh man so well we're going to talk we're changing things up uh because you need to leave at six forty-five. so we're going to go through you know, some headlines, this first segment, we're going to talk about Tiananmen Square and uh, your Game of Thrones piece, and then you're going to head out and we'll do some more headlines. But before we do that, I uh, wanted to uh, basically, you know, go through our, our housekeeping, and that is um, inspirational. Uh, as many of you know, this week on Thursday is the 75th anniversary of the invasion of Normandy, D-Day. And so this is a quote from uh, Brigadier General Theodore Roosevelt, Jr. He was the assistant commander of the 4th Infantry Division, obviously the son of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And uh, at Utah Beach, they found out that they had been, they, they were off where they were supposed to be. And it's famous. He goes on shore and he says, we'll start the war right from here. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I thought that was pretty inspirational. Definitely. And in my Federalist piece, I talk about the, the comparison of the tank men and to the heroes from the World War II, the oldest young men as well. Oh, man, I tell you, they were 17, 18, and 19. But interestingly enough, 
uh, and somebody had reached out to me and said, you know, we, we have all this focus on D-Day, but did you realize that June 4th is the anniversary of the Battle of Midway, which was in is an amazing naval battle in the South Pacific, and it, it was astonishing. I I uh, remember seeing the movie when I was a kid, and then when I got back from Normandy three years ago, I got all these World War II movies, and the Battle of Midway, Charlton Heston was in it, and uh, that was where. And I remember my dad telling me about this that we sunk four of the Japanese aircraft carriers, and uh, it was it was a big big deal. Steve, do you remember hearing about that? I do, and I recently saw something that uh, it was not well written because it almost said made it sound like there was a competition that, well, you can talk all about D-Day all you want, but let's not forget the Battle of Midway. And it also even seemed to suggest that, well, if it wasn't for the Battle of Midway, there would have been no D-Day. And you know, I think these are two separate theaters yeah. Of, of but the, but it is important because D Day happened in 1942. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I, I just kind of you, you didn't, you didn't the, want competition. You wanted to say they were all heroes. Yeah, right? the the competitive nature is like, well, your guys' thing wasn't that great because of look at <laughs> no 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 no, it was they all were, part of the big picture. They were all pretty pretty amazing, and they were just kids, 17, 18, 19 years old, and uh, so that was uh, I think it was 1942. I think was the Battle of Midway. So what we're 78 years on that, or no 70 uh, 77 years on that, and uh, then the 75th for uh, D Day. Yes, on Thursday, we've got an amazing show planned for you on that. So, so uh, Steve, are you ready for, for the funnies this morning? What did I say? No. <laughs> no. I, I, it was a rhetorical question. Oh. Okay. I'm, okay. A, I'm good at rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the story. This guy said they couldn't find their luggage to the airport baggage area. So they went to the lost luggage office and told the woman there that their bags never showed up. She smiled and said not to worry because they were trained professionals and uh, he was in good hands. Now she asked me, has your plane arrived yet? And then she voted. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, maybe I'll find a new source. <laughs> I, was, I had to go through a bunch to find that one. So, <laughs> Okay, let's jump into some headlines here. And Helen, you've written a book, The Broken Welcome Mat. Uh, and so you really are an immigration expert as well. And what do you think about this? This was from the center square. And uh, as you probably know, uh, the, Colorado passed a law that bars local law enforcement from complying with immigration detainers. And apparently ICE ripped them a new one on that. Uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, criticized a new Colorado law that bars local law enforcement in the state from holding individuals suspected of immigration violations in custody at the federal agency's request. Now, my understanding is, is they, they have possibly committed a crime to be, you know, in uh, law enforcement's hands. It's not that, you know, they were, um, you know, just pulled over, uh, like, for looking o- for immigration for status. Immigration, yeah. yeah. So what do you think about this? I, I always find that this um, disturbing. That this is their attempt to, to declare Colorado a sanctuary city. Uh, I mean, Denver sanctuary city, Colorado sanctuary law, and this is really a slap of face for legal immigrants, and it's really for all immigrants because even for illegal immigrants community, you know, they run away from crime mm-hmm. and they want to be in a safe place. And as you mentioned, that all these people that. The, 
captured by local law enforcement. They already violated some other kind of a criminal laws, and they're not captured there only because of the immigration status. So for so they've broken the law. Yes, and and they are in danger of the to the community, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they're in the custody of the local law enforcement. So for the for the local law enforcement to say that the or for the Colorado State Assembly to say, well, we don't want you our local law enforcement to cooperate with ICE. That's just you know, un- incomprehensible. You know, let's break this down just a little bit more. Let's say that, um, you know, you, who's at the bottom of the barrel right now on all of this? Uh, you know, they're having this white privilege narrative. And you know what? I'm going to go back to to something that I I mean to do every day, and that and I forgot to do that because we were talking about midway and all. But socialism is force. You know that. Mm-hmm. And the real questions with all these policies is freedom versus force, force versus freedom, and it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, or freedom via force, uh, whether it's weapon, taxation, or policy. Now, I, I agree, you know, we, we need some taxes so that we can make the country work. But Stephen Kessler, millennial, Ph.D., that's on quite often, and he said he has three questions that you ask a socialist slash liberal. Do you have any skin in the game? Are, you bringing, are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? And you felt good, but did you do good? Now, I'm going to say, you know, we have this narrative in education right now that are yanking people down on this whole white privilege narrative. And so let's say that, um, uh, let's say it's a Caucasian male, okay? And let's say that they are, are, um, um, you know, the federal government, you know, wants them for some something, um, uh, that they have actually committed some kind of a crime. And local... Uh, law enforcement has uh, arrested them for something else. We would expect them to let the federal government know that this person did that crime, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. With, with the, with the uh, crime, especially with the FBI's database is sharing a crime source. Yes. Right. And so, why is it that for citizens that we would follow the law, but for non-citizens we won't? It's beyond belief to me, Helen. It's a virtual signaling, and that's what the left does a lot. And basically, they think, you know, if you have an immigrant status stamp on your forehead, then you can do nothing wrong. And that's not true. You know, I, I mentioned this many times, that the immigrant community, you know, I'm an immigrant. Immigrant community, just like any other community, we have people who are working hard, who are abiding by the law, who want to assimilate, you know, be, be a good player of the society. And we also do have, you know, people who are not so decent, mm-hmm. and uh, they are their harm not only to the general community, they're especially harmful for the immigrant community. They took advantage of people who came here and you know do not know much about the general society. And these people, you know, again, they are harmful for the immigrant community. And we want the law enforcement in to. Keep us safe. Yeah, keep us safe. And that's one of the many reasons many immigrants come to the United States, for a, safe, for a safe place to raise their families. Why do we want to keep those people who are criminals running around in our community? I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. But it, there is a virtue signaling on it. And, um, you know, it's not going to keep our com- uh, community safe. And that's the thing that I find interesting right now here in Colorado, Helen, is it seems to me that... Um, the narrative has been there's been things that that we think are a good idea. So a good idea like vaccinating our kids or clean air, or clean water, or, you know, all of us are immigrants that we came to America. But what's happened is this activist socialist left. This, is, this Democrat Party is no longer the party of JFK. 
Uh, it has now gone way, way off to the left. And um, so they take things that we, we think, you know, that's a good idea. And then they figure out ways to roll in public policy and force and, and for power, ultimately. And um, we finally, I think, are realizing what's going on and saying, wait a minute. You're not really caring about kids. You're not really caring about safe communities. You say you are, but you're not. And we uh, now have an opportunity to call them out on that. Right. And, and it's not just about calling them out. We, we, you know, we, we need to recognize that um, if we truly want to help the immigrant communities, and we need to understand why immigrants come here. And we need to do a better job to really help them out. And part of that is to keep the community safe. Absolutely. So... Anyway, um, you know what? I don't go down to downtown Denver that often anymore because I don't feel it's it's safe. Well, I, I mean, I, I go I during the day, but not at night. I don't blame you, but downtown Denver, you know, compare that to Los Angeles. Have you heard about what happened in Los yeah. Angeles? You mean the typhus and all that? Yeah, it's worse than the third world country. It's a disgrace to compare Los Angeles to and um, compare third world country to Los Angeles and San Francisco. These great cities. These beautiful American cities that are now being run by the radical, liberal, socialist left are dirty. Uh, There's disease. um, Lawlessness. Lawlessness. Dangerous. We've got to stand up against this. We're going to go to break here, but before we do that, you're going to head to Toastmasters here in a little bit. One of my good friends, Christy, from Toastmasters, she really, um, she's very careful about words here. Hold on, I've got to let you guys know this. Uh, She said... Got to get in here. She said, I, I said the D-Day invasion, and they actually do call it the D-Day invasion. But she said, I think you should have said the liberation of Europe began. We've never been invaders, but liberators. Sorry to be such a nitpicker. Christy, thank you for keeping me honest. I greatly appreciate that. We're going to go to break, though. Before we do that, the Rockies were off yesterday. They begin, begin a three-game series with the Chicago Cubs tonight and then on to New York Friday for a three-game set with the Mets. Basketball finals, the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors are tied in their series. Game three is Wednesday evening. And in the Stanley Cup finals, the Blues beat the Bruins in game four last night, tying the series. Their next game is Thursday uh, Thursday evening. And uh, Hooters is the place to be this summer. Enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. That's what I'm going to get the next time the girls come over. Sounds good. Doesn't that sound good? And Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. And it's great. They have nine items for $9, 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. You can choose from nine delicious menu items such as fish or shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and, of course, their boneless wings. So dine in. Get your food to go, or you can have it delivered right to your front door. For more information, information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the Americhicks. We're going to be right back with Helen Raleigh, and we'll talk in this next segment about your piece in the Federalist and Tiananmen Square. We'll be right back. All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. 
Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tooten in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I'm thrilled to have Helen Raleigh in studio as my guest chick, and we're going to have a conversation in just a second about Tiananmen Square. One thing I forgot to do. And that is, uh, you know, the national popular vote, they are are, uh, gathering uh, signatures right now. Mm -hmm. And James Takeda has been really great about informing people. He's actually been going on a regular basis on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 8 at the Wild Blue Yonder Brewery in Castle Rock. And so you can drop by there. And you can sign the national popular vote. You can only sign it once, but sign it at least once. They really need those signatures. And so he'll be at the Wild Blue, uh, Wild Blue Yonder Brewery tonight from 6 to 8. So drop by and sign that petition because um, this, uh, this national popular vote that went through this legislature is highly unconstitutional. You were just talking about Los Angeles. They've done a bang-up job taking care of that city. And in essence, what's going to happen if this stands, this, this bad law that was passed by this legislature and signed by this governor, then those people in Los Angeles that are messing around there, our votes will and our voice will go to them. Mm-hmm. So really important to, to, to do that. So Helen Raleigh, let's jump in here. Uh, and I had not seen your piece until this morning on Tiananmen Square. Why don't you explain to our listeners what happened? So back in 1989, 30 years ago, um, a popular uh, Chinese leader that uh, who was reform-minded, Hu Yaobang, passed away in April. And people, in, people started to um, protest in memory of him, but really in memory of him and also used the cause of his, used his death as a, call, as a reason to uh, share their dissatisfaction with the countries, with the leaders, uh, with the Communist Party's uh, economic and the political reform, really for lacking of political reform. And so people, uh, peaceful protesters mostly were students and some of the factory workers and um, went to Tiananmen Square. And really the protest started from Tiananmen Square in Beijing, the capital city, but it spread throughout many Chinese cities. And what people are asking are something we Americans are taking for granted, right? People want to be able to vote. People want to have the right to free, freedom of expression. And people want to have a more transparent political process. And those are the things we Americans are taking for granted by the people Chinese people want to have those things too back to uh, thirty years ago, and the they occupied the students occupied the square for uh, from April all the way to June, and in, initially the TV um, coverage was more tolerant, and because they have a leader, we we had a leader in 
um, who was the party secretary, uh, who's the successor of Hu Yaobang. His name is Zhao Ziyang, and he's also reform-minded. So the coverage was more tolerant, and also even though there were troops outside of Beijing, the capital city, but you know, you know, they were not allowed into the city, you know, because they were called the People's Liberation Army. So they're not supposed to put their guns towards the people. Uh, but eventually, you uh, think yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we thought back then, and、um, there was a really touching picture、uh, on Twitter. I tweeted out this morning that、um, when the troop went, to, when eventually the Communist Party ordered the troop to go into Tiananmen Square. On the way there,、uh, one mom's、um, stop, you know, stop to talk to soldiers to begging them, you know, please take care of my kids, you know, to make sure my kids. And anyway. Uh, but you know. Okay, the, so she thinks they're going to help the kids. No, she's asking them not to not hurt, to,、okay. not to hurt their kids. Because、okay. because most most、uh, people protest on the squares were young kids. Okay, we're talking、gotcha. about seventeen, eighteen year old college students. So, um, uh, but, but the, the order was they have to clean up the square. So, so the massacre took、uh, place this morning on, on June fourth, thirty、uh, years ago. That、um, soldiers are shooting indiscriminately into the、um, protesters, you know, to force them to leave. So、um, there were never official count how many people died.、Uh, some say hundreds, some say thousands.、Uh, the most iconic picture, which was my article,、uh, this piece I was a federalist was focused on the picture called the Tank Man.、Uh, I don't know if you remember that picture. It's about this young man stood in front of rows of、um, tanks. Uh, tanks, and actually、uh, nowadays they they discover the pictures if you. Expand the frame. He's not only just stand down row because in the original frame shows he stood in front of like four tanks. When they expanded the frame, it's rows of tanks, more than four, and behind the tanks were foot soldiers. So he was the only one stood in front of those, you know, forces between him and the protesters.、Um, Do they? Did he die? We don't know what happened to him. But in, the, in my article, I reflect on him. We look at this picture again. You saw this young man in a very simple, uni- you know, he simple outfit, you know, white shirt, a black slack, which was very common back then. What really struck me was what's in his hand. He held two grocery bags in his hand. So I, I imagine, you know, he did not set out that day to want to be a hero or to want to stood up to powerful forces. He probably just went to had the grocery shopping and on his way back. But he saw injustice was about to happen, and he decided to take a stand. I found that's tremendously inspiring. You know, I I'm just I'm being inspired. I can feel it just know, as you're talking、right? about it. I mean, think about you and I. How many times do we make it to grocery you know, trips, Gros- to grocery store、right. on a weekly basis? And I mean, to us, I mean, I keep thinking about this when I look at these pictures. I'm like, you know, if on my daily trip to grocery stores, if something terrible happened, would I have the courage, have the same kind of courage, to drop everything to stood up for something I believe? Uh, I could probably answer that question for you because、uh, I know you pretty well. The answer would be yes. I'm pretty sure Helen Raleigh, yes. But to that point, you know, you know I was thinking about,、um, you know, the young boy at the STEM school. You know, he went to school that day,、yes. and he wasn't expecting that he would be asked to to do something heroic. You know, we never ever know for sure. But I'm I like you. I ask myself. I hope that if I'm faced with something like that. That I would stand up and have the courage to do that. Now, Dr. Cranawitter, I think it was him. Somebody told me that those、uh, students in Tiananmen Square 
We're reading the Declaration of Independence. Had you heard that? Oh yes, I mentioned in my、uh, National Review piece. That's more a reflection of、uh, what I remembered of what happened in Tiananmen Square. Yes, no, no, that's the first time that I heard those magnificent words from、uh, the Declaration of Independence. Not only that, the Chinese students also built a statue, something similar to a Statue of Liberty, and、uh, basically is a lady, go- the Liberty Goddess, that、uh, hold a torch and she face exactly. To Chairman Mao's picture hanging on, you know, on in Tiananmen.、Oh, What a contrast!、Um, yes. So I, I actually mentioned、uh, Ken, Kendrick Castello, the eighteen-year-old、mm-hmm. student from STEM school, in my piece too, because this is really a reflection. When we look at the tank man, when we think about the eighteen-year-old Kendrick Castello, when we think about the D-Day soldiers, these are all young men,、mm-hmm. right?、Um, to to me, it's like they are real heroes. Because to me, real heroes are not. Not always like Superman. They're not. They're not always、um, right. these larger than life figures. Always know what's the right thing to do and jump in a moment notice. They are like us. You know, they have doubts. They have weaknesses. But what's what's separate them from us from from everybody else is when the moment ask for it. You know, they put all their doubts aside, even though they know there's tremendous obstacles in front of them.、Yes. But they decided to take a stand. And we need more of those heroes like that to take a stand despite tremendous obstacles in our life. And you know where we're having to take a stand right now, Helen, and you're really good at this. Is in the battle of ideas,、um, because people are afraid to to talk to other people about these important、uh, ideas because because people have been in a way almost shouted down. Yeah. And we've had good manners. They've said, "Don't talk about politics, religion, or religion." And so. You know, we haven't. We've had good when all the time they are working to actually, you know, claw all 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 that stuff back. And so we need to, and that's why we do this show. That's why you write is so that people can understand these important principles and hopefully start to articulate them with their friends and their family and their colleagues because this country is worth fighting for. Yes. And those students thirty thirty years ago in Tiananmen Square. You know, realize that, and so what a great piece! It's in the Federalist, and then your website is Helen Raleigh Speaks, right? Helen Raleigh Speaks dot com. Okay, very good. We're going to go to break in just a minute, but before we do, we have Jason McBride on the line. Jason, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Who is、oh. one of your heroes? Who's one of my heroes? Well,、uh, of course, my my grandfather was one of my heroes because、uh, he got up and he worked really hard every single day. Uh, even after he's retired, he he was such a tough guy. He'd be out out in the backyard chopping wood <laughs> with an axe、uh, and and one of those big wedges. I mean, just splitting these huge,、mm. giant stumps in half. And on top of that, he he wouldn't hold it too. You know, I remember we were little kids. We'd hate it. He'd say, "We have to go get wood now," and that meant we were going to take the truck. Actually, drive up in into the mountains at, at the spot that he knew that there was wood that needed to be cleared. We'd be up there all day、uh, sawing it, loading the whole truck up, and coming down. And I mean, he did that up till he was like seventy-five, eighty years old. You know, that's awesome. And I remember as a kid, I had to do that too. But but、uh, we had had Jay Davidson in recently, and he and I were talking about、uh, kids needing to learn how to work. And and working with like your grandfather alongside with your grandfather, you know, I think that that's really important for for kids to learn how to do that. So it sounds well, like your grandfather's my hero too. 
Well, all I all we did was complain about it back then, <laughs> but now look at what a fond memory it is. Well, you know, I'd, I'd give anything to have him back and tell him I had to go uh, haul wood with him today. Well, that's for sure. It reminds me there was a, a comedian that said, hard work uh, never killed anybody, but I don't want to try it. So that... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, it's so, hey, what's on your mind today, Jason? Well, we just had a, a little bit more roughness in the market. Yesterday was interesting because most of the uh, the indexes actually didn't do too bad, except for NASDAQ. Uh, that got, got walloped yesterday on a lot of concerns about antitrust uh, investigations coming on Google, uh, Facebook, uh, possibly Amazon as well. I mean, we're talking three uh, of your biggest... NASDAQ stocks, I mean, they're down over 5% yesterday in just one day. So uh, NASDAQ has fallen far below its uh, 200-day moving average. Uh, It might find a little bit of support right around here uh, because we hit a bottom here back on March 8th and it bounced off. But, boy, looking at the charts, Kim, I'm not sure. So, uh, again, you remember we, we talked about the distribution mm-hmm, days, mm-hmm. giving people a tip-off. We also talked about selling May and go away. You got a couple of things that uh, don't always work. But, boy, they uh, they really nailed it this, this time, time around. Wow. But, you know, you can take a look at all those things, but a lot of people don't own Facebook and Amazon and all that. The personal economy, planning for your own personal well-being, that's what you and your colleagues at Presidential Wealth Management can help people do. Well, we we do. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was doing a plan for somebody yesterday that's getting ready to retire. And it's, it's amazing how much fine-tuning you go through to try to get the numbers right, make sure the expenses are correct, uh, using proper inflation rates on different expenses. I mean, that's, that's an error I see a lot of people make. I mean, anything that's healthcare related is going to inflate faster than uh, just normal expenses. Okay. Uh, if you have a mortgage, the principal and interest doesn't inflate. And I see a lot of these cookie-cutter plans where that stuff just all gets lumped together, and there's no possible way it could even be close to being correct. Well, and so the details are so important to make sure that your personal economy is, uh, uh, you know, clipping along. So, Jason McBride, um, people can reach you at chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And the phone number over there at Presidential is 303-694-1600. And if you would like Jason and his colleagues to look at your personal nest egg, you're happy to do it. Right, Jason? You bet. That's why we're there. Okay, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks, Kim. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we will be talking with Helen Raleigh. I never watched Game of Thrones, but I know a lot of people did. And when I saw this title, Game of Thrones reminds us the road to utopia is paved with blood and ashes. And I got a story to tell you. I'm like, ah, I got to get Helen on. We got to talk about this. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. 
come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 31st through Thursday, June 6th, features will include Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, and The Hustle. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me guest chick Helen Raleigh, and we're having a conversation about Game of Thrones. Now, I never watched the movie. Or watch the show. Oh, come on, Kim. That's like the biggest uh, cultural event in our time. I know, but I just, I don't watch, I hardly watch any TV. Dear Kim, you, you, you are not by yourself. Oh, you, You're oh, not alone. There's, so we have two dinosaurs here. No, not dinosaurs, discerning. <laughs> Excuse me. That's what I meant to say. It was discerning instead of dinosaur. Or design, discerning dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So you you watched Game of Thrones, huh? Yes, I'm a big fan. Okay, and I have, was talking to a friend of mine who um, her niece was distraught after the last episode, and I guess meaning what fans too wasn't yeah. sleeping, and oh I'm kind of like, huh? It's just a TV show, right? But yeah. so tell me about this. What's going on? Well, so Game of Thrones is a fantasy show, and it's um. Supposedly, it's a seven books theory, but the author, uh, George R. R. Martin, he hasn't finished his entire theory yet. And so the TV show, the first part of the TV show, I think a majority of the season of the TV show was follow, following basically the book, but then because he didn't finish, he hasn't quite finished the book. So the show started kind of wear off and you write their own script. That's where upset many fans. And, and I don't. I, I I do think the last episode was kind of rushed to try to wrap things up because it's a Kim. You you got to get into it. It's a well, fantasy I hear there's about a bunch of sex kingdoms. and blood, and I know they, like they do that. have a lot of uh, uh, sexual uh, scene and uh, violence content. Actually, I'm I don't like those violence content. Every time when the violence show up, I always cover my eyes. I keep asking my husband, "Is it over yet?" <laughs> but you don't cover your eyes on the sex stuff, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, it's too early for this. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. So anyway, but I know people have loved this. So you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. But the title of your piece, Game of Thrones, reminds us the the road to utopia is paved with blood and ashes. What happened exactly? Well, so there's a main character. There are many characters in this uh, show and in the book. But the main character is uh, Daenerys. Uh, she is um, uh, she she's a Daenerys Targaryen. She's supposed to be one of the uh, right from born heir to the Iron Throne, which is the, um, uh, what do you say, it, it's like the king, to in charge of seven kingdoms. Okay. okay. It, it's hard to explain, Kim, since you haven't yeah. watched it. Okay. There's a lot of background stuff. But anyway, so Daenerys, um, 
when she was born, there was a rebellion in the Seven Kingdoms. So basically, her father was killed.、Um, her father was called the Mad King. He was really brutal, and you know he he burned people alive. He burned his advisor alive. So anyway, so he you know he deserved to die. And anyway, so he was, <laughs> there was a rebellion. They overthrew him, and so Daenerys and her、uh, twin brother had to run away, exile、uh, in the foreign land. And so this show, part, one of the storyline is about how she came back. Um, to gather the troops and uh, uh, to to come back to reclaim her rightful place in the Iron Throne, and so so she started as a this very idealistic figure. By the way, she's very beautiful. If I talk about sexy thing, there's a lot of sex thing involving him, <laughs> totally nude. So she's very beautiful, very charismatic, and so she started from nothing, and then she walked her way to gather the troops and.、Um, She、um, freed the slaves at the slave base, and everywhere, basically everywhere she goes, as、uh, she went, that the evil man dies. Also, she's the mother of three dragons, and so the, you know, so she's very powerful, and so she's a very well loved, beloved figure, and the many fans are rooting for her to eventually claim the Game of Thrones, you know, to kill all the bad guys, right? Okay,、um, but in the Towards to the last episode, actually several、uh, seasons back, there is leading to there is a character development about you know she's so charming, she's so beautiful, and you're easy to forgive her when she do some really cruel things. So so for example, after she freed the slaves, she um oh before she freed the slaves, she went to、uh, you know she had a war with the slave owners, and basically you know she said well you either have to free the slaves you're gonna have to you're gonna have to die. So after she、uh, won the war, she freed the slaves, but she nailed the a hundred slave owners on the cross, and you can hear their moaning, yeah, in her background. And so it's something really really cruel. And she did so she did so many cruel things along the way, but we always forgive her because like oh she's this uh she's freeing、uh, the slaves yeah she's free yeah she's fighting for the common guys she's、uh-huh. fighting for the common dudes and you know she's going to change the world for a better place. So you know if a couple people is gonna die and they're all bad guys anyway, right? So if some blood's going to shed, it's totally okay. But in the Uh, second to last episode, when she was fighting the King's Landing, which was the capital of the Seven Kingdom, initially they were like, you know, if people surrender, right, you should just accept them for surrender, because King's Landing is like、uh, New York. You, it's a metropolitan. You have many, many civilians live there.、Um, so he, she was advised, if people surrender, if the soldiers surrender, you should, you know, just leave them alone, accept it, and you know. She she initially agreed to that, but in the in the in the show, when the soldiers actually the soldier who defended King's Landing laid down their weapons, she did not stop. She was riding the dragons. Her dragons let out these fires. She basically created an inferno in this town. She burned the soldiers. She burned the civilians. She created a total inferno in this town. Now is she forgiven again for doing that? Well, no. So people are questioning: Is she turning to her her father, father the、okay. Mad King, right?、Okay. And so eventually,、um, her lover, which was also a supposed righteous guy, you know, in in this show, he eventually had to kill her, basically,、um, when she was standing in front of the right Iron Throne, to, you know, and she would she was talking to him that、uh, she was not going to stop. She was not going to stop because she has all the success, right? She she now the power, to, the power. She has all the success. She has this dragon, and she's the liberator. And so she's not going to be satisfied just have the control of the seven kingdom. She told her lovers, she told her soldiers, you know, she's going to break the will. She's going to change the world. They're never going to stop. They're going to go outside the seven kingdom to liberate everywhere. Aha! 
she's gonna build a utopia. So and 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 then her lover asked her before he killed her, he because he still tried to save her. He was like, um, "What do you people disagree with us?" Right? She's she's like, "We know what's the right thing for people." And he was like, "But what do you people disagree with us?" And guess what she said? She said, "They're not allowed to disagree." Oh. That's when he decided to okay that you are too evil. I'm pulling the knife, and that's when fans, you know. So he basically killed her, uh, saved the world from another tyrant. But you know, the fans did not. You know, most fans do not like that. Okay, in my mind now, I'm seeing all kinds. I'm thinking of all kinds of things happening here in Colorado. Of you're not allowed to disagree. I mean, something that's coming up to me right now. I'm thinking about Jack Phillips. In Masterpiece Cake Shop, you know, the state of Colorado has redefined, at that time they hadn't yet, but they redefined a word that's been the description of a relationship for centuries. And in, when people came in and demanded that Jack Phillips affirm this new definition, he was not allowed to disagree. Yeah, you know, you're seeing this play out across the spectrum in all these different. For example, the the forced vaccination bill. You know, if a parent is concerned about in, in, in these mandated forced vaccinations, they're under the the bill that they were, were um, you know had proposed. It didn't pass yet. They were not allowed to disagree. I mean, we're seeing this uh, a, a, a lot. I'm really concerned about it, Helen. Yeah, that's why you know th- that's why I wrote this piece because I mentioned in my piece that the art often mirrors in, in life, and uh, some, sometimes people are easy to get food with bad ideas because the salesperson of bad ideas are charming and beautiful <laughs> and charismatic, and we tend you know people tend to be fooled by who's selling the idea rather than evaluate whether that's really a good idea or a bad idea, and you you see what happens to you know. Yes, it was a fantasy in Game of Thrones, but in real life, we see what happens with Mal, with, you know, Castro, you know, even today with, you know, some politicians we have are really charming. Yes. But they try to, and they set out to try to change our life fundamentally, change the way how we live and how we function. And, you know, C.S. Lewis, um, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's one of my favorite quotes is he mentioned that among all the tyrants in the world, that the worst kind are the, can, are the kind that determined to make, um, you know, to, to change our life, to make a heaven on earth, but instead create a hell on earth. But they don't care because they are determined to go to heaven. Wow. Uh, thank you so much for the, you are just a great thinker and you can find uh, you at National Review, mm-hmm. can find you at The Federalist and then Helen, Helen Raleigh Speaks. com. Yep, definitely so. Well, thanks so much. It's great to have you in. Thank you for having me. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll go through some headlines, talk a little bit more about D-Day and uh, stay tuned um, because you'll want to hear what we, ha- what we have coming up. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. 
Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We uh, changed the show around just a little bit today because Helen Raleigh was in and she needed to get out to an appointment. And so we're going to go through some headlines in this last segment. Uh, This one was from Complete Colorado. And it says, what California migration means for Colorado elections. Colorado keeps on growing, but have you ever wondered where all those people are coming from? Ben Ingen from uh, Constellation Data and Analytics took a hard look at census data and found that between 2004 and 2017, just under 457,000 people moved to Colorado, with California by far the number one source of that in-migration, just over 98,000, followed by Illinois and New York. In fact, those three states together supplied over 38% of the new Coloradans. Now, Steve, um, when you look at those three states, those are all Democrat states, and they are all fiscally irresponsible, and people are fleeing those states because of that. But the problem is, is many of them, now many of them are registering as unaffiliated, but unaffiliated voters have, have leaned to the left. And so they're coming out here, and certainly we wonder what's happening regarding Colorado elections. This is a big component of it. It's ironic the way things, you see different bits of information and the timing. I just now responded to an item that was put out there regarding um, basically comparing the time in California when Ronald Reagan was the governor and the size of the middle class and the health of the middle class. Oh. Compared to today, obviously he's long gone as governor and, and president and all that, and the middle class is suffering and shrinking at the same time. That is so true. In San Francisco, you are now getting to utopia, if you will, and you have the haves and you have the have-nots, and the middle class is disappearing. And that has been the beautiful thing about the American idea is this vibrant middle class, the idea that you could uh, own property, that you could choose the vehicle that works for you and your family, that you would have abundant and affordable and reliable energy. All these things are inherent in a middle class. And that's what we see, Steve, is as we're moving to bureaucrats, uh, politicians and bureaucrats, they're controlling things. And I was thinking about it. Now, socialism basically is where government, uh, in a way, is in control of these different important things in people's lives. And so we see it here in Colorado, transportation. They want to get us out of the vehicle, our personal vehicle of our choice, and put us onto mass transit while the elites still ride around in their cars. Okay? Uh, education. 
uh, I want to talk about this next thing here in just a moment, but education. They, instead of teaching our kids that they have purpose in life, that they have, you know, resiliency, instead of teaching them the great things like the, the heroes of D-Day, some of the kids don't even know about D-Day anymore. They've taken over the education system. Energy. They, want, uh, they are working in Colorado to shut down the oil and gas industry. These are people with good jobs. Housing, they opine about affordable housing. But in essence, uh, we know that the cost of new housing, at least 25% of that is from rules and regulations. If you were really serious about affordable housing, you would bring that down. But no, they, they don't want people to have their own single-family homes. That new blueprint in Denver you know, uh, that has come out, they basically want people to live in these, you know, live in an apartment and ride around on trains, buses, and bicycles. It's difficult to have a family. It's difficult for you to go after your hopes and dreams when you're forced into that because of public policy. Now, that piece you're looking at right now, what was our share, our share of receiving people from California? Uh, it was 98000 98, But from those three states, that was 38% of the influx of people into Colorado. My response to this piece was that, yes, we are receiving people from California, and that's fine, but the issue now is that they continue to vote the way they did in California. They learn nothing. They want to escape California as it continues to disintegrate, but when they get here, they'll continue to vote the same way they did out there. They don't, they don't seem to make any, any linkage. Well, and that is why, Steve, we do this show in talking about the battle of ideas. I think Colorado is the place where the battle is, and I do think that we are ultimately going to to win this. But we have got to engage, as uh, we talked with Helen in the last last segment. Courage sometimes means when somebody is going off on uh, whatever issue it is, or even going off on President Trump. You could say, well, you know, I realize that you, you know, you don't care for him, but I happen to think that his policies are really great. I like the fact that uh, black unemployment is at all-time lows. I like the fact that women's unemployment is at all-time lows. Hispanic, all-time lows. That the GDP for the first quarter was 3.2% when Obama said that one to one and a half was our new normal. You know, I realize that you may not like what the guy says, but take a look at his policies. Instead of uh, you know, just kind of shying away. We need to have some courage to engage in respectful and reasonable conversations, and that's what we're working on here, Steve. That's true. I mean, let's let's not be so simplistic just to get caught up in the, well, it's trendy to bash Trump, and there's so many people who love it, you know, and the late-night comedians. But are the late-night comedians talking about any of the issues? The things that really matter. The things that really matter? No. Substance? No, no, no. Nope. So that's, that's going to go into one thing I mentioned, and that is education. And you remember uh, when the, um, the Covington High School kids from Kentucky were in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And this uh, uh, video came out of this, this young student standing there with a uh, Native American beating a drum, right? You know, he's standing right in his face. And the narrative that they put out there was that these young men were being disrespectful to this Native American. Well, you know what? This is 2019 uh, America, and the great thing about it is is there's not just one camera anymore. There's a lot of people that might be uh, um, videotaping something. And so the whole story came out, and it realized that it was a big lie. But in Douglas County, 
there was a teacher, Michelle Grissom. She was a, a union member. She was also a union leader. She actually, and she had done, she had doxed this kid, uh, the wrong kid as well, but she called them a Hitler youth. Now, my friends, when we're talking about what Steve, uh, Stephen Kessler said regarding the left, the liberal, are we building people up or are we yanking people down? And uh, I had the great honor to interview uh, for my World War II show yesterday. We do a recording, uh, a second generation Tuskegee Airman. And he, he talked about uh, the racial tensions in the early 50s in America. And it's not something to be proud about. But he said he also remembered that there was a picture that they had of um, a white hand and a black hand, and they were shaking. I remember that that visual as well, Steve, where, you know, where we wanted to come together. We wanted to unite. We wanted to get better. And instead, in our education system, this teacher right here in Douglas County is yanking down Caucasian boys under this whole white privilege uh, narrative. And that's only going to hurt people. It's, you, you can't, as Lincoln said, you cannot strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. We want to raise people up instead of dragging them down. Okay. <laughs> no debate. I, I'm a speechless because you know, in this day and age, you think that we're making progress. You think, you know, that in the right places, the, the right things are happening. And then something like this pops out of the woodwork and you just realize we're not making any progress at all. I mean, I hate to sound, you know, to the negative, but things like that are so destructive. Well, they are. But, but you know what? We're in an interesting time. I think I'll just go to this uh, this last piece that Patty had pulled out regarding our Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold. Um, you know, I think that we probably all need to go to Georgia. I, I hadn't thought I'd be going there soon or Alabama or any of those states, but I think that that's where we should go. You have these, um, these uh, uh, I'm not going to call them elected um, they're not leaders either. They're supposed to be representing us. But these are politicians, bureaucrats, and activists. She said that no one from their state would be able to go to, let's see, this was Alabama, because Alabama just passed uh, this um, more restrictive abortion legislation. Steve, as the veil is coming off on what abortion really is, you know, they had talked, they'd given the narrative, the radical feminists had given the narrative that this was to help women and to help children, and uh, in case of rape and incest. But we have aborted over 60 million children. That is uh, more than what Mao killed in China. And uh, as we have started to understand with this movie that came out unplanned, that there has been a big lie that has been told to women uh, regarding this whole thing. And I, uh, I laud these states that are coming, up, coming back and saying, no, not on our watch. Now, Colorado has... <laughs> No, no surprise. We have some of the most liberal um, abortion policies, and I think that we need to start to address that here in Colorado. In fact, I've heard on the QT that somebody is working on getting something on the ballot, so that could be pretty darn cool. We're going to have a lot of conversations about that. So I think that's uh, just about it. I think I might have time for one more. You do. Okay. What was the one I wanted to do? I want to touch back on the ice thing again. because okay. it really Let's it's, do that quickly. I have a list here. Well, it's not a list. It's not comprehensive. We know there is a list of people, uh, most notably some of the names, two of the names on here that are familiar is Kate Steinle, Molly Tibbetts. Uh, yeah. People who are no longer with us because they died at the hands of somebody who wasn't supposed to be here. 
And I just, when I see this thing that's currently in front of us, dear governor, uh, and his what he's doing to to keep ICE from being effective, I want you. I picture him sitting down with the parents of, say, Molly Tibbetts. What would he say? He doesn't care about them. No, oh, okay. I don't think he cares about them. So how could he not? How could you not have compassion? That's how, a, how, how could you build this wall in your thinking and be so compartmentalized that you wouldn't have compassion to say this is happening and this is these only two names on a list that's getting longer and longer. And it's because of public policy and power. He's mm. there after power. So. Okay. Well. Okay, we're just about out of time. Ronald Reagan, uh, the boys of Point du Hoc, these are guys on D-Day that went straight up some cliffs to take out some German armaments. And he said, they fought or felt in their hearts, though they couldn't know in fact, that in Georgia, they were filling the churches at 4 a.m. In Kansas, they were kneeling on their porches and praying. And in Philadelphia, they were ringing the Liberty Bell. And that was on D-Day as those boys stormed that beach to to liberate Europe. Um, so today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.